Welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. What's up, y'all? It's JK3. All right, so we have a whole lot to talk about today. Uh, this is episode 57, by the way. Uh, Brandon Albert, longtime Jaguar, has retired. Blake Bortles' pandemonium has taken over the fan base, and Jaguars training camp is upon us where we will overanalyze every single thing every single day and generally blow everything out of proportion, success or failure. Uh, so first things first, after nine NFL seasons, Brandon Albert, projected starting left tackle, has retired, giving no real reason whatsoever in his statement other than one possible theory that JK3 has. Uh, Simple. Before, before you get to your theory, uh, JK3, you said longtime Jaguar. <laughs> yeah, sarcasm. <laughs> it's called sarcasm there. Uh, I know that, and I've responded to the sarcasm. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, it, it's pretty. It's pretty simple. I mean, he he he's the first person to, or well, like all Jacksonville Jaguar offensive linemen in the uh, in training camp, they fell victim to Dante's Inferno. I mean, this guy literally had. Fowler literally had him on skates for the entire individual drills. He called him out. He said he wanted some more. Fowler didn't want no part of it. He's like, bro, come on. You're old. Let it go. <laughs> and then he came back out there again and sent him down to McDonald's to get that 50-cent coffee for senior citizens. It's time to take a wrap, man. It's, it's over with. It's over with, man. What do you think, Derek? Does that have validity as the reason that uh, Brandon Albert, as you said before we started recording, sent that fax immediately? Yeah, you know, he, hey, when you get whooped by a young buck and realize that you don't have it anymore, hey, I'm just glad that he did it in practice and before the season started, uh, not during a game where he just walked off. You know, if he was getting whooped by uh, by 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 Clowney or, or J.J. Watt or somebody like that, at least we know that, you know, we would still got a shot, so. Anyway, yeah, could g- g- be gone. So too sad. So bad. We'll see you later. It, it's like that. It's like in Friday when Debo knocked uh, the dude out for the bike. And he's like, you want some of this too, old man? No. no. I'll do YouTube that. I don't understand the reference. I find it. I'll I'll put it in the podcast description. Is that is that relevant to this? Oh yeah, it's very relevant. <laughs> You come up here from Miami bothering these people. (laughs) What I think is funny about the Dante Fowler thing is how quickly the tides turn because evidently he's looking pretty awesome. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I definitely was one of the ones that was like, oh, yeah, he's got in trouble again. We need to cut him. And now I think he's awesome again. So it's great how that, as a fan, um, I don't know, that that tide turns pretty quickly. But, but yeah. But you got to remember, it was always a mental thing with him. It was never a fit. Like, come on, the dude's, you know, he, he's a, a perfect, you know, perfect example of what a defensive lineman, defensive end in a football should be in the NFL. Uh, it's always been a mental thing, you know, whether if it was, you know, when he last year when he overran a place, when he was trying so hard to get to the QBs and they just outthunk, you know, outthought him. So just a matter of trying to make sure you stay home, be in the right place, be in the right place mentally, and then look what happens. You know, we're still so early, and just, you know, we got all kind of time, and we got five weeks until we see an actual game, but, you know, hopefully he can get his head on right and then be ready for the season. Yeah, man, I I think Dante's can just go up. He's trending up right now, and his thing was just mental. You know, he, he just had these mental lapses, hitting somebody out of bounds, maturity issues 
I think all that hopefully it can can get under wraps and I, I can take him being an idiot off the field, but if we get like twenty sacks <laughs> twenty sacks from him this year, I'm completely I'll, I'll take the Jerry Jones approach to it. Hey, we're we're winning games, but hopefully he gets everything uh, straight, man. So, Derek, do you think it's concerning at all that Brandon Albert is retiring, or does it does not really matter since we have Cam Robinson lined up? Well, you, you do like to keep death at the offensive line. We don't have much talent. We don't really have, uh, you know, per se, experience as far as veteran leadership. Um, we do have a couple guys that have been in the league a while, but you don't want to see him go. But at the same time, if he doesn't want to be here, you know, it only takes one bad apple, man. You know the old saying. And he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to play. Now, if it's because he's with the Jags, you know, he didn't even thank the Dolphins in his little, you know, announcement he made. He only thanked the Chiefs, if I'm right. So he doesn't want to play anymore. And he doesn't want to play anymore. You always had that one kid back in uh, elementary school and middle school that got tired of playing kickball because he always got pegged out. And he just <laughs> walked back to the classroom. He ain't want to play no more. <laughs> Maybe think of the uh, the holdout. What was the point of that holdout if this was going to be the inevitable outcome? Because, I mean, it makes sense because he wasn't sure if he wanted to play. You know, it's like you're going to Jacksonville. They're not looking to win a Super Bowl, you know, in his eyes. You know, and they're, we as fans, we hope that that could happen. We, we know that's the furthest stretch possible. But if it, if this were... Yeah, you know, if this were Atlanta, if this were New England, if this were, um, you know, another team, Oakland, that was contending for a championship, maybe he would have had a little bit more motivation. Yeah, JK three, do you think it uh, had more to do with age, injuries, or just just thought he couldn't compete for the the starting role and just decided to call it a day? Man, he was just trying to get that last little final pay cut, that that last little contract, seeing how it was gonna go. Seeing if he was going to get it. I mean, look at the way that the whole thing went out. We we made a trade for him, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, the Jaguars promised me a contract. Well, I didn't get this contract. And then on our end, it's like we didn't promise him anything. So now it, the reasoning is going a little bit further, a little bit further. And then after the first camp, after the first pads, and you just realize that, okay, I'm not getting my other contract. I'm tired of this. I'm in Jacksonville. Let's go ahead and retire. Right. Wonder when, because I remember Caldwell announcing this trade. I can't recall if that was before or after Coughlin joined the team. But my thought is, if it's another Caldwell transaction, man, his record's not looking too great nowadays. Yeah, he, he as a GM, you're you're defined by your quarterback and your free agency. And I don't want to throw him under the bus quite yet under his free agency. I mean, we still got a couple of gems like Malik that that have worked out. Calais Campbell looks to be, you know, a, a stud. But he the, the verdict's out on, on on Blake. He he right now it's a it's a coin flip here in the city and you know on some of the blogs that you read on Ten Ten, whatever you listen to, Jaguars. It's pretty much split down the middle with people who either dislike Bortles or dislike Caldwell. And the one thing everybody can agree on is that they're both married. And if they, if one goes, the other one goes. Well, and we'll get a little bit more into Bortles in just a bit. But one thing before we wrap up on the offensive line, I know Saturday night, uh, JK3, you were at the practice. Um, is the offensive line a concern or is the defensive line that good? Because it seemed like they were in Blake Bortles' face all night. 
defensive line is just that good. I mean, you look at the interior linemen right now, you've got Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson. Coming in behind them, you got Avery Jones. On the outside, you've got uh, Ngakwe and you've got Fowler. <laughs> and then behind them, you've got Smoot and a couple other guys that can eat as well. So, And right now, our, D, our offensive line is a ragtag bunch. You've got a rookie left tackle. You've got a center who's the cornerstone of the, def- or of the offensive line. That was a guard. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're in trouble. They, they, they right now, they, they're not looking too hot. Well, and Derek, that was one of the the key questions that you had for Mike DiRocco in the in the second to last or last episode was the PFF rankings of our offensive line, and that you thought that they were very much overrated by them. Uh, do you still stick by that assessment, especially after reading these camp reports? I stick by it 110, percent and I'm going to continue to stick by it. When you, it, I heard this from multiple people that went to the practice. Unfortunately, I could not go. Um, but when you look at the offensive line as a whole, when they're taking two steps back on running plays, and I'm not even talking about you're not lining up 11 on 11. If you're just going through the motions, shell, whatever it may be, if you're taking two steps back, that's bad. You're supposed to be moving forward when you run block. We got to do something. They said, oh, well, you know, Leonard Fournette's going to change all that. No, he's not. It's the reason why, I hate to say it, I'm going to go back on my original thing and stop just trying to get used to it. That's why I didn't want Fournette. It's not because he's not a great talent. He definitely is. We can't block. And until we figure that out, it doesn't matter who we have back there. I, I agree. People people think that Zeke is just this phenomenal athlete, which he is, but Dallas's offensive line is the best offensive line in history, you could take me and put me behind Dallas's offensive line, and I guarantee you, I'm getting at least 600 yards in the season. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I was gonna say you go for a thousand and ten touchdowns, you get that second. <laughs> yeah, you could put me back there, and I'd be getting tens of yards. The entire season. <laughs> but I mean, that I almost feel like that is another slight to Dave Caldwell, though. I mean, how many years are we in? Everybody knows the importance of offensive line, and Derek is is, and I maybe that was JK. You're talking about a ragtag bunch of offensive linemen. How are we at this point in the tenure of Dave Caldwell and we have a ragtag group of offensive linemen? That's insane. Hey, I'm going to tell you this right here. We're going to switch gears a second. Let's look at Atlanta. Atlanta's had Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, I don't know, since like 08 or 09, whenever Julio Jones came into the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were throwing for a lot of yards, but they weren't doing anything. Okay? They weren't doing a thing. They got a running game not because they drafted Devontae Freeman so high because they addressed their offensive line and as soon as they started running the ball look what they did that's it's the only the only change they've made their defense hadn't gotten all that much better it's because they got good offensive linemen they got the center that the Jags so desperately coveted but just weren't able to close the deal somehow and now look at them yeah they blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl and everybody's gonna rag on them but hell, I'd take a twenty-eight three lead yeah. in the Super Bowl it, as a Jags in the fan Super right Bowl. Now. That's the key yeah. in the Super Bowl. I would definitely love that. And remember too, Caldwell's first pick was supposed to be the cornerstone left tackle for the team for many years to come. And Luke Jokel is not even on the team anymore. So again, I mean, I'm not trying to make this a bash Dave Caldwell podcast, but still, I mean, it, it's just I don't know. It bothers me that. Like JK3 said, his hands are tied to a quarterback, but he hasn't prepped the quarterback to be successful. You, you got to look at this too. And Derek, you mentioned Atlanta 
Let's go back in last season. I'm going to name a guy. His name is Jay Ajay. Played for the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. The reason why you know him is because you know of his offensive line. Yeah. That's it. That's the key. David Johnson. The reason why you know him is because of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is your running back embodies your offensive line. If your offensive line is beast, your running back will be beast. It's very simple. If they're creating the push on the ball, if they're going forward, your running back has more gaps, more um, more lanes to run through, more, more more opportunities for him to get to the second level. When he gets to that second level, that five and you know six, seven yards downfield, that's how the running backs continue to get their growth. That's how the running backs continue to wear down the defense. And the offensive line just continues to pound and pound and hit them every play. Every play, they create push. They create that movement. movement. And next thing you know, a five-yard, six-yard, seven-yard gain. Next thing you know, 15 yards, 20 yards down the field. And that goes all, all game. Yeah, and look at Denver's. Uh, Denver, it doesn't matter who they throw back there at running back. Joker's getting 100 yards. He's getting 100 yards. I'm pretty sure C.J. Anderson, I'm going to actually look this up right now. C.J. Anderson was a undrafted running back. Let's say it again. Undrafted. Not in the seventh round. Not in the sixth round. He didn't get drafted. And that joker is a Pro Bowl running back. Why? Because they can block. Yes. Undrafted from Cal in 2013. The same year we got Luke Jokel. It almost seems like the the intentions were good that he started out with a lineman and then worked his way now to a running back, but it was a miss. And if the offensive line is so important to the running game and the quarterback, as, as JK3 was talking about, then good luck to Leonard Fournette because at this point, uh, I don't think we have a whole ton of faith, but who's, who knows? Maybe it'll turn out uh, to be to work out in the end. But a couple things on the open camp Saturday night uh, attended. When they said public subs, I had it in my mind that there would be like a public counter set up where I'd be able to get my chicken tender sub, and uh, that was certainly not the case. Still <laughs> great, still great, but uh, I uh, definitely it was a little different. But I will, I did laugh though because they ran out of that stuff with a quickness. I don't think they anticipated the turnout that was there. But uh, face painting, balloons, that was really cool. Uh, the donations uh, tent for prizes that were like actually really awesome prizes it was really cool. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Samantha Reed, who's my ticket rep, who got my daughter set up for the, the helmet hike thing, which was just really, really cool. I will tell you, though, I'm definitely ready for the indoor practice field, and I'm really hoping when that they finish that, that there will be more seating. Because now, I th- especially since the team is going to get more popular, uh, I'd imagine, because I, I envision that we're going to start winning at least a little bit more, that there is just not enough seating at those training camp practices. Yeah, they're, they're, and shout out to the Jags. They did a great job on, on Saturday night, kind of you know making it more of a Saturday Night Live feel to it. Uh, for anyone that didn't go, the, the lines went from the beginning of the training camp all the way back past the, the statue. <coughs> so, so I mean, people were lined up to watch practice, which is great. But, yeah, I agree. There, there isn't a lot of room, uh, you know, to, to move, a lot of room to sit anywhere. So we, we did end up posting up and getting a, getting a pretty good, solid, um, solid view of Dante beating uh, Albert into retirement. <laughs> well, and that's a good transition because he says Saturday Night Live. Well, we got to see a, a Saturday Night Live worthy, basically, performance by Blake Bortles of what a awful NFL quarterback should look like with five interceptions, not looking great. Obviously, we're not going to be a dead horse. I mean, it was all over social media. People were freaking out, as I said, just total pandemonium. But today, kind of reading the headlines, there were there were none today. He only had one incompletion. 
So are his, and I'll start with Derek because I know you have strong feelings about Blake Bortles. Are his struggles a little overblown because it's practice, or is this something that we should be, you know, super concerned about? So you ever been in a car? You ever been in a car and you're taking a corner a little bit too too hard, you know, too sharp, and you go to grab your your handle, you know your you know what handle? <laughs> That's what we are. We're the car with no handle, okay? Because we don't have anybody else. Now, do they need to give Brandon Allen a chance? Sure, why not? But, and this is, yeah, first day of practice and all that, so what? But having an open competition, you bring talent in to compete with each other. You know, iron sharpens iron, all that good stuff. You have to have a competition. So basically for the last two years, he's been like, oh, well, you know, I threw 30 touchdown passes a couple years ago. We still got the same two guys backing me up. I don't need to do much. I just need to, you know, hang out, do what I do, and I'll show up and play some football, and we'll see what happens. It, 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 sometimes it just it sets in you, and it just become, he becomes complacent. And it sounds like it's not to say he, you know, oh, he sucks, I don't know. But has he become complacent because there's no one there to challenge him, to push him, to make him better? Yeah, You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I just know one thing. We're turning a corner. We need to grab that handle, and we don't have one. Well, JK3, I don't know if you read, but Doug Barone did acknowledge after that practice that he had concerns about that performance, especially being that it was under the lights in front of all the, the, the huge turnout of fans. I mean, what do you think? Do you think this is overblown? Is it just one practice? Is it is it like people say that they share that article of Aaron Rodgers saying the best time to throw interceptions is practice, or is Blake Bortles not Aaron Rodgers? Well, one, he's not Aaron, he's not AA Ron. <laughs> Period. Uh, <laughs> he, he, you, you can hang out with AA Ron and and take pictures for social media, but you're not AA Ron. So I'm gonna go. I, I'm I'm tired of being the pessimist. I'm tired of being the, the the person repeating the same thing about Blake and the interceptions. Kudos to the defense. Kudos to the defense for getting out there and and balling out. I mean, the interceptions were. I think one was by a cornerback. The others were by the <laughs> were by the linebackers, which is great. It's just great to see Telvin in the right place. It's great to see Miles in the right place, where everyone had all these questions about where Miles Jack's going to be. It's great to see the defensive line getting their hands up and batting things down. That improvement is there now. That is, that does raise questions for me. If your quarterback is getting eaten alive by your defense, literally eaten alive, and then the next day or the or the next day or the day after the the day after practice. They, they have a, you know, he now all of a sudden he's made this miraculous change. Something something happened there. Either they were, you know, calling the dogs off a little bit or it, he, maybe he just had a bad day in the office like everyone else has. But I tell you what, I'm very upset and, and, I, I'm, and I agree with Derek not having that, that handle that there is no quarterback competition at all. There is a legitimate no, no, no competition at quarterback right now. You have Henny, and and I called it too. We were we were watching the practice, and someone goes, "Oh man, Henny's about to throw." I haven't seen him throw a pass in ten years, and I said, "I guarantee you, he throws a pick six here, pick six <laughs> right to Hayes Pollard." I, yep. I I literally hysterically laughed because it was the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, that did happen. I saw it. I heard. Threw a pick right to to Hayes Pollard. Yeah, Brandon, uh, Brandon Allen. Everyone's saying, "Oh, Brandon Allen, let Brandon Allen spin." Okay, let him spin because right now Brandon Allen is looking great. But guess what, guys? He's throwing against the third and fourth round guys. He's throwing against the guys that are trying to make the team on special teams. He's not throwing against the number ones. He's not throwing against the number twos. He's throwing against people who are in the same, you know, pool of 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 
of depth with him. So until they actually put him in with the ones and maybe even the twos, we're not really going to see his full potential. The only time you're really going to see what Brandon Allen is going to be able to do is in preseason. And once again, he's going to be playing with his pool. He's not going to be playing against ones and twos. He's going to be playing against threes and fours and people getting the crumbs of the reps. Right. Yeah, I think even Brian Sexton recorded an interception in that practice, to be honest with you, on the sideline. Um, <laughs> but so see, even then, that's concerning. They talk about, um, you know, the, the biggest jump from college players that, that play quarterback from college to the NFL is the speed of the linebackers. I can't count how many top quarterbacks that have been drafted have said that. And even in practice. So who so who cares? It's just, you know, we're not talking about the game. We're talking about practice, okay? Some AI talk there. But still, if the, the linebackers are still picking you off that easily, that means you're not learning anything. You're not retaining a thing. So, and he's, and JK3's right about Brandon, uh, Brandon Allen. You know, we got to see him against some ones to see what he can really do. But at least let's find out. We don't know anything. <laughs> right. Well, do you, you know, think that that is a realistic scenario that'll play out that they'll give him an opportunity, or do you think, which is this is the theory I subscribe to, that Coughlin is letting this be the year for Caldwell, and he's going all in on Bortles, and if it doesn't work out, Caldwell's gone. If it does, great. What do you think? They just they need to take over now. Caldwell's just got to let it go. The whole thing. I don't know if they were trying to protect Blake or, you know, because he may have a, a ego where, you know, just you don't want it to get bruised or, you know, who knows? We don't know anything as fans. But here's what we do know. Bortles will throw some damning interceptions late in games. Henny is pick six Henny, you know, apparently, even to middle linebackers. Hayes Pullard. And we don't know anything about that guy, Brandon Allen. If we let him go and he goes to another team and like makes a Pro Bowl, <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do as yeah. a Jags fan. You know, yeah. it's it's not. And they're like, oh well, he doesn't practice as well, so we don't know. Well, then what is Blake doing with five interceptions? He's not practicing well either, but we still keep throwing him in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, for some reason, it's, I think we're kind of like in a bubble where Brandon Allen's getting a lot more hype than he probably should just because we're so frustrated with Bortles. I mean, um, yeah, the most popular QB on, on a team at any level is always going to be the backup quarterback. Yeah. Okay, but here's the problem. We've never seen the backup quarterback actually play. So, <laughs> and until we do, and then, you, you know, if they say, oh, well, we'll sign Kaepernick or whatever, which I don't think will ever happen because of the town we live in, but um, <clears throat> if we don't bring somebody in to compete, do something... Eh, well, I don't know. let me go ahead and say Derek brought up the uh, the naughty word Kaepernick. Now we have to discuss that because that's super controversial right now. So JK three, is there any chance that the Jaguars will give Colin Kaepernick a shot with a small contract to compete for the starting job of the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback position? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. I, 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 I'm just gonna give it. I'm just gonna, gonna go with a, uh, like Randy. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> Randy, Randy Jackson. Nah, nah, man. They're they're not gonna give him a shot. Only because I think I have my personal views. I think Kaepernick's getting blackballed by the league. That's just me. That's what I think. But there's no way they're gonna give him a shot just because of the amount of. Where, I mean, just because of the amount of press it would get, number one, negative press it would get. And the thing about it is you got 32 owners in the league. You got a small, a small, small sample size right there. 
Mm-hmm. If everyone says no, there's a reason why an arena arena football quarterback got picked up and Colin Kaepernick is still without a job. <laughs> I, I love a good conspiracy theory, just like any anyone else. There's a reason why an arena football league quarterback has got a job and Colin Kaepernick is still out donating used Jordans and suits and being, and being a philanthropist. And yeah, a well, well, Derek and I had a conversation. I thought it was, I thought he had an interesting perspective on this. I don't I don't doubt like Derek, I think you think there is a little bit of like politics and stuff involved with that, but you also had a point that maybe it is kind of a little bit football related or at least at the extent that you wouldn't sign him. Do you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, first of all, as far as the Arena League goes, besides the Arena League quarterback Luke McCown, apparently also got uh drafted or not drafted, got picked up. He he has nine career touchdown passes and he's thirty six years old. So that's all I'm <laughs> gonna say. Um, with Colin Kaepernick, so he he played. He went to Nevada, if I if I recall. Um, and Nevada runs a, a funky offense. Okay, they they have for a long time. And you know, if you're you know, football uh, junkie like myself, especially at the college level. Uh, you know these little these little silly things, but Nevada didn't run a pro style offense. So when he was in San Francisco, and he had those those two good years, he also had a very good coach that knew how to hide his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And now that he's been quote unquote exposed because Harbaugh was no longer there, you know people say, oh well, he can't play; he stinks anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true, but it's not any better than what we've been getting. You know, as a matter of fact, it's Bortles has probably been worse. You know, it, it, at least Kaepernick would go out there and fight and play. It, it, I don't know, and I'm not saying that. You know, oh well, we we should. Or, you know, I I think personally, I think we need to bring somebody in. Is it Kaepernick? No. Is it because he's getting blackballed? Yes. Is it because the town we're in is the reason why a player like Kaepernick's not getting drafted or not not getting picked up? Yes, because of the town we're in. But we got to do something. Um, Kaepernick may not be the answer, but he's probably the only answer unless they want to bring somebody out of retirement. You know, you probably go find Brett Favre in Mississippi in the woods somewhere. Or, or they, or they, or they bring in, or they, or, or dare I say, they bring in Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke. <laughs> I was gonna say something about that. I was like, no, that's old at this point. And now you have confirmed that that is old at this point. All right. So, okay. so for all Gator fans that listen to this podcast and whoever listens yeah. to this in the future, yeah. Tim Tebow cannot play in the National Football mm-hmm. League, and it's not his fault. You can thank Urban Meyer at Ohio State for the reason why he can't play. That's all I'm gonna say. What, what about Johnny Football? Johnny football Johnny football can play but he's he's like 10 times worse than Bortles you know with the partying so uh if he stops partying he actually might be able to get on an NFL roster is Johnny do you think Johnny football's getting uh blackballed too or is is that just uh a talent thing as well or what do you think Johnny oh, football's a PR nightmare you think you think they're shutting down the, the the local spots at Jack's Beach now you bring Johnny football to Jacksonville and you see what happens <laughs> He'll be all over the beaches. Yeah, well, more than likely, I think it's just going to be the same Bortles. Like I said, my theory is is that Coughlin's letting this year ride out to see, you know, ultimately what Caldwell's fate is. So I think we're just going to ride out with the Bortles, Henny, and, and Allen uh, depth chart at this point. Uh, as far as any other camp takeaways, just to kind of wrap up, my favorite part of Saturday night 
was watching and hearing Jalen Ramsey just going after the receivers on the sideline, yelling, screaming. I mean, he you, you, it was just hilarious. And then the point in which he and uh, I think it was Allen Robinson and a bunch of guys kind of got into a, a little bit of a skirmish, uh, that was hilarious. Um, so that and the pressure that the defensive line was getting and seeing Calais Campbell for the first time in person like that, man, that guy is a giant. It was insane. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's huge. One one of the biggest takeaways uh, for me last, or excuse me, on Saturday night was uh, is it is it Keelan Keelan Cole? Is, is that is is that what you pronounce Ke- Keelan Cole? Hey, the kid, he's he's awesome. He's got hands, pure soft hands. Uh, route running is unbelievable. Uh, was making once again. I don't know if it was the the depth that he was playing with as well, but I saw him get open a couple times against uh, AJ Boye. Um, you know, and, and a couple of the ones, uh, very excited also about seeing DD Westbrook, man, that, that guy is, it's lightning, literally lightning, man. He can take off and take the top off of defense. Everything they're saying about him, it, it is true. The reviews are out. I mean, he is just literally a stud. So we'll see how that goes. And for net, Jesus, man, this guy is unbelievable as far as like looking like the football player and looking like the actual prototypical running back. He took his pads off and I was just like, okay, he can really take his pads off now, but that's really his traps and his, his, his buys and his tries just massive. So I, I look forward to seeing that. Anything uh, going forward for the rest of the camp, Derek, that you're excited about or anything that, uh, that you're kind of uh, eyeing as a, as a potential storyline going into the preseason? Um, you know, obviously we got the, the miles Jack, you know, moving the middle linebacker, the offensive line. But another thing is seeing if as a defense, if we could come collectively together and start, you know, maybe forcing more turnovers, you know, if Bortles looked that good or that bad, you know, was it the defense? JK three applauded them earlier. Uh, Barry church made a comment in the media about, you know, Jacksonville has more talent than the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously that's a very bold statement, but Hey, he's a player. So that means he knows things. He knows things that me, we as fans and, and, and media that they like to know. We, we don't know. Okay. If he's saying that, if he got guys actually coming here and saying that, then he's, he's got to know something. That means it's like, we just got this one piece missing this one big piece to the puzzle. And uh, just excited to see that secondary once they get healthy, seeing what they can really do, because that'll be something Bouye, Ramsey, Colvin, you know, Church and, and Gibson, if Gibson can return to form like he was in Cleveland, that could be a very special secondary. Speaking of Leonard Fournette, I think the just to kind of wrap up the, the play that I'm most looking forward to this coming season is seeing Leonard Fournette completely demolish Jonathan Cyprian on the Tennessee Titans running down the field. That's going to be a sweet, sweet moment. I'm super excited for it. Cyprian can't tackle anyway, so. (laughs) And all you really got to do if you want is just split him outside. I bet you Fournette will beat him down the sideline for a touchdown on a passing route. (laughs) That that being said, good episode, good little wrap-up, and we have a little bit more training camp left. Preseason's upon us. It's coming, uh, coming, coming quickly, uh, so super exciting in that respect. Um, so one thing I will ask of you guys listening, if you are on iTunes, AKA Apple podcast, please jump on there and leave us a rating and review, um, five stars preferably, but we would like to, to kind of hear your feedback. You can also email us at down by the bank at gmail.com with any kind of comments or suggestions that you have. And of course you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up with the latest episodes or any kind of little things that we have going on. I know that if we make it to any more camps, uh, JK three had put up a couple 
couple pictures from camp and some tweets. So we'll try to do that as well. Um, but uh, we appreciate everybody listening and we will talk to you guys next time. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.